Sabihin mo sa katabi mo, breakthrough is coming to you. Wow. And uh, tama-tama because we have a brand new series entitled Unchanging, talking about our God who is an unchanging God. And this time, we will look at for the next three weeks the life of Isaac, one of the patriarchs. Actually, si Isaac, konti lang yung preaching and sermons about him. So it's going to be very, very interesting about this series because... You know, uh, we know the God of Abraham and the God of Jacob, but a lot of preachings there. But Isaac, you know, hardly any preaching. That's why I'm so excited to share, to preach God's word regarding Isaac. And one of the famous stories about Isaac as we begin this series is talking about when he was going to be sacrificed by his father Abraham. Hence, the altar here. And uh, I want to just give a... to honor our volunteers na gumawa nito. Ang galing, di ba? Yung mga volunteers natin, the productions, particularly sa kids, right? And our staff. Why don't we give our volunteers a round of applause? Thank you for giving us, you know, uh, an altar here. Later on, you can use this. Uh, maybe you want to offer someone. I'm uh, no, sorry. But, <laughs> but I want us to jump right in. And then uh, I believe we will, you know, God will speak to us through the story Looking through the lens of Abraham and Isaac. So let's jump in from Genesis chapter 22. I know we've read this, we've encountered this, but we're going to look at the eyes of Isaac. Genesis 22, let's jump right in the middle, verses 9 to 14, as we look through the story of the offering. So when they came to the place, okay, which God told them, Abraham built this altar and laid wood. Okay, there's some wood here, right? And bound Isaac. Right? And laid him on the altar on top of the wood. So Isaac is here. Then Abraham reached out his hand, okay? And took the knife to slaughter his son. Alright? But the angel of the Lord called him and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Okay? Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything. For now I know that you fear God. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, looked. Okay, and behind, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Abraham went and took the ram, offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, as it is said in this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided for. Let's pray. Father, bless the preaching of your word. I ask that you would empower me, empower your word to be planted in good soil so that it will accomplish the purpose for which you have sent it. It will not return void. Jesus, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, again, as a brief background, remember that Isaac was the son born of promise. Uh, Abraham had waited 25 years, right? From 75 at 99, Sarah became pregnant and this was... This was the promised son. This was the dream. This was something that they had been desiring for all their lives, Sarah and Abraham. Okay? And so, f- dreams fulfilled. Okay? If you've ever had a dream fulfilled, whether it's a dream job, whether that's your dream boat, dream, you know, uh, your, your, your knight in shining armor, okay? yung, yung dream boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is, right? When suddenly, after years of waiting, when you finally experience like you're in heaven, right? You feel like, wow, God is so good. Things will be great for the rest of my life. And I believe Abraham was in that place because of experiencing the greatness of God, experiencing God as Elohim, the almighty God, the all-powerful God, that nothing was impossible. We learned that in previous series, right? God was the God of the impossible. And yet, at this point in time, that dream was about to turn into a nightmare, quote-unquote. But I believe there's something we can learn because God was looking for something in Abraham. Remember in the last verse, it says, Now I know that you fear God. God was looking to know something about Abraham, to bring out something inside of Abraham. And I believe 
we find that in the beginning of this story. Because we, we jump right in the middle. So let's flash back a bit so, to give us a context of what was happening. Maybe you're familiar, but we'll go through this again. And I believe it will give us a fresh perspective. So beginning in verse 1 and 2. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, your only begotten son, okay, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah, offer him as a burnt offering, right? On the one of the mountains, I shall tell you. Now, here's the deal. Abraham knew the promise of God that it is through Isaac, your offspring. It's not going to be through Ishmael. It's not going to be through any other person. It is going to be through Isaac that the nations will be blessed, that you will experience, and the nations and the generations will be blessed only through the Son. That's the promise of God. Abraham knew that. Abraham held on to that. Abraham experienced that. And yet, God commanded him something that is contradictory, that is diametrically opposed to this very promise. How could that be? You're asking me to kill the very promise that you told me. How will this come about if I kill the promise? Let me tell you, we always say this, that the promises of God, sorry, the commands of God are also the promises of God. When you read a command of God, do not fear. It also means God will give you the power to not fear. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. Every command of God is given a power to do it. It's given a grace. So every command is a promise from God. The grace of God, as you obey, as you walk with Him, God will empower you to fulfill that command because it will not be accomplished through your flesh. It's going to be uh, synergistic as you obey and walk with Him. So, clear naman tayo doon. So, when you read a command in the Bible, thou shalt not murder. It's not going to be accomplished by your will, by the flesh. It's going to be by the Spirit of God inside of you. Every command is a promise, Okay? So I hope every time you read, okay, you won't be condemned. You won't feel like, ah, it's all up to me. No, it's not up to you. But when you see something like this, when the promise of God is totally opposite, contradicting to the command of God, then we know it's a test. Right? Magkaiba eh. Lord, what gives? I thought, you know, you called me here right, to, be, to be a blessing to this company. Why are you telling me to go? Why are you, or whatever, right? Sometimes the, the command is, Lord, how could I, you know, how could I be a blessing if, you know, to my family? Or, you know, if you're telling me, you know, to quit my job. <laughs> right? How can I, sometimes the promise it's contradictory to the command. But we know, at least from this, that this is a test. Okay? This is a test. Now, let me ask, who of you here likes tests? Okay? Who of you here, when you were studying, you know, you go to your teacher, teacher, can you give a test every day? Because I like tests so much. You know, I wish every single day that you would give us a test. Anyone like that here? <laughs> I don't like tests. <laughs> now, Especially surprise tests, right? In surprise, surprise tests, when you go and the teacher says, okay, everyone, close your notes, whatever, your books, and get a piece of paper, right? And why did you not tell us, right? We don't like surprise exams. We don't like surprise quizzes, right? I don't like surprise quizzes. And the thing here is tests happen because... Tests are not meant to fail us. We think that tests are there to fail us. Now, okay, because papahirapan lang tayo ng mga teacher and you know all of these things. No, tests are always there. 
to promote you, to see if you're ready for the next level. When God tests you, it's not to condemn you, it's not to fail you, it's not to put you down, it is meant that, hey, I want you, I want, to, I want you to see that you're ready. If you obey me, you will, you're ready for the next level. You are ready for a promotion, right? Tests are intended. I hope, you know, we change our mind regarding tests because all of us will undergo tests. God tests us. He does not tempt us, but He tests us. Even Jesus was tested. Remember in uh, Matthew chapter 4, after He fasted for 40 days, the Holy Spirit led Him into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. Even Jesus was tested. All of us will be tested. Now, the thing is, many times the tests that we go through are surprise tests. You know why? Because we don't know it's a test. <laughs> you don't know the decisions that you're making concerning, you know, to take this under-the-table deal that nobody sees or to reject that or to get into this immoral relationship or to have shortcuts. We don't know that those are tests. If you read the Bible, I don't have time, but you know, this is probably another series on tests. But it's clear here that this is a test from God, a surprise quiz from God. In fact, God's ultimate promotion for us is not to have greater you know, a lot of money, a lot of finances to bless the kingdom or, you know, cars or houses. The greatest promotion that you and I could ever experience is for us to have a deeper relationship with Him. A deeper relationship with God. Because I believe that's what we discover through Isaac and through Abraham. Okay? Through both of them, they had a deeper revelation. Kung kilala na ni Lord si, si Abraham, ah, si Lord, kilala na ni Abraham and Isaac si Lord, or maybe Abraham first. After this test, as they passed this test, they began to discover something, a deeper walk and a relationship with Him. You know, one unique characteristic about the story of Genesis 22 about the sacrifice of Isaac, is the first mention. There are four things that are mentioned first in this story. Now, if you, just as a tip, when you study the Bible, uh, the principle of first mention gives us a clue as a foundational usage of the context for things that will be later on used uh, and referred to in the Bible. So whenever a, a term a word is mentioned first, that means it's very important. And we need to understand how God or the context of how it was used in the beginning because it will be a foundation for other usages later on in the Bible. Now, in this story, there are four, four words that are mentioned first through this story. And you'll be shocked. Now, first time Lambana mentioned Genesis 22. And what are those four words? First is the word test. This is the first time the word test Okay? is mentioned in the Bible. Not only that, the word love is first mentioned here. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Third is the word worship. Okay? And the boy and I will go over there and worship and come again to you. And finally, the word obey. First time it's ever used in the Bible. In your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Can you think about it? Huh? First time pa ginawa, ginamit yung obey or yung love? Yes. And so we see here that for Abraham, this was a test of true worship. For true worship involves sacrificing. True worship involves the things that you love. Are you going to obey me and surrender the things that you love the most? Because that's what true worship is all about. For Isaac, it would be a test of love and trust. Would he obey and submit to his earthly father 
even if it meant his own life. Can you imagine that? Now, let's continue the rest of the story. At least nakita natin in the context of this, this first four about worship, about love, about obedience, and about a test. All of these are wrapped together and we will see that intertwined in their story. So as we move on, we'll see in verse 5 to 6, after, they, after he, Abraham received the command to offer his son, his only son whom he loves, he set out to go to Moriah together with Isaac and together with two servants. So nandun sila on the way and then as they were going okay, to Moriah, Sabi ni, sabi ni Abraham to sa two servants niya, uh, stay here with the donkeys and I and the boy, I and the boy, we will go over there. We will go to the mountain and worship. And then we will come back to you. Now, let's pause there because this is a key verse that, that shows us, reveals something about the heart of Abraham, and the thinking of Abraham. We will go, we will worship. Remember, what was God's command? is to kill Isaac. But he also says, we will come back. So whatever is, was in the mind of, of Abraham, that okay, God called me to kill my son, to offer my son, I know. I know that whatever happens, if I kill my son, I know the promise of God. I know the commands of God. I know this God. We will come back. Whether he raises up from the dead or whatever, we will come back. That's the confidence of Abraham. Abraham reasoned. Abraham reasoned. How? Hebrews tells us that. He reasoned. That when he offers Isaac to God, that somehow God could raise him up from the dead. In other words, he knew that Abraham held on to the promise of God, but he also knew the God of the promise. Alam niya promise. I know, Lord, this is your promise. It's through my offspring, it's through Isaac. That all the nations will be blessed. But I also know you, Lord. I also know that you are an unchanging God. That you never depart from your ways. You never change your promises. You will not change that. And so, whatever happens, whether my son is killed or not, we will go down together. The question is, do you know the promises of God? Do you know the God of these promises? Because only as you, as you hold on and as you believe both will you be able to go through whatever tests that come your way. Sometimes they may seemingly be contradictory. Lord, are you really telling me to give up this amount of money? What about the future of my family? What about this? What about that? Are you telling me really, Lord, to give up my boyfriend? Do you know how old I am already? <laughs> or will I find another one like him that, you know, kasing guapo or kasing yama, whatever. Right? It's only when you are able to know the promise of God and to know the God of the promise, that this is an unchanging God. Because without it, you will always go unstable. Lord, what's happening? Right? You will always question God when things don't go your way. Lord, I thought you said this. How come this is happening? How come this are our circumstance? Look what's happening to my health. Look, what, look what's happening. Let me tell you, everyone will be tested. Israel was tested. God promised them, you will 
enter in and possess a land flowing with milk and honey. But guess where God led them? In the wilderness where there's no food and there's no water. <gasps> Where's the milk? Where's the honey? <laughs> right? When circumstances don't go your way, you will question either one or the other. You'll question, Lord, did you really say this is promise? Or Lord, anong klaseng God ka? It's so important. Our heart is being revealed. God wants to bless you. I hope, I hope you know that by now. But there's something greater than the blessing of God. Because if our hearts are not right, the very blessing of God can turn into a curse, can lead us away from God. The very things that God wants to bless you. When you have money, then you will be distracted. When, when you have this business and all of these things, maybe you won't have time for God if your not, heart is not right. Maybe if God gives you that boyfriend or girlfriend that you've always been, or this baby that eh, suddenly your whole attention is with them. Distracted. Not with God anymore. The very blessing turned to be something that competes against God and draws you away from Him. You can read the Bible about it to the life of Israel. So it's not just, you know, a hypothetical question. It has happened over and over again. What makes us think we're greater than Israel? Israel, as Roman says, was an example for us to know what not to do. But listen, if you know God and know His promises, there's no telling what kind of miracle. There's no telling how, what kind of God that you will discover. A new nature, a new thing, a new revelation about God. You know, this is what happened to us. Uh, uh, my wife and I got invited to Macau for, they had their graduation for yung training for victory or yung L113 ngayon. So they wanted us to go to the graduation, prophesy to the students, and then preach, blah, blah, the whole weekend. So we said yes to Pastor Gio, our pastor in Macau, and said, okay, we'll go there. Gave us tickets already for my wife and I. And then we're supposed to leave on Friday, Monday, as we prepared to our shock and horror, okay, my wife's passport was going to expire in several months. <laughs> oh no. So we talked and said, you know, we consulted someone. Sabi, no, you can, for emergency purpose, you go to Pasay, to the main, and then you request for an uh, emergency, okay? Uh, emergency renewal. I mean, how you need, even for appointments, ang haba haba. It takes months to get an appointment and then takes, you know, a week or so or several days before you get it. And we had four days. Supposed to leave Sunday, uh, Friday evening, Monday na yon. Able to fix everything. Wednesday we had, we went there. Sabi ng ano? Sabi ng ano? Okay, uh, we can help process. So Wednesday, come back tomorrow. We got we got favor from several people. So said tomorrow the the ASEC will come and sign it. So Thursday we came. Said okay, you'll get it Friday morning. Our flight's Friday evening. Friday morning you can get it. We just need to print it out in, you know, central bank, okay, the paper and all that is there. Okay, good. So, we're, ex- we're excited. We were telling Pastor G, oh, just ex- wait for us. And you know what happened? Friday morning, there was a storm, a sudden storm that came. All the metro had a, a flash flood. Early in the morning, 6 a.m., everything was flooded. All classes were canceled. All go- government offices were closed. Friday morning. So, we called, uh, can we pass by, Sabi, sir? Wala na. Walang tao dito. Ako lang. I got stranded because of the flood. There's no printing. There's no way. But you know what happened? Thursday, remember Thursday, they got, uh, she got approval. When she was about to surrender, the old one, the old passport, sabi ni Lord sa kanya, don't surrender that. Don't let it tear or put a hole. Okay? Just make a request if you can keep it. And of course, they, they won't do that, right? But she said, okay, can, we, can I request to keep this, not destroy it first? And for some reason, they agreed. 
So she had her old passport, but it's about to expire. So Friday, sabi namin, I know God wants us to be in Macau, both of us. So we pray. Went to the airport, it was flooded. We went there, I think it was lunchtime. All the flights, Subi Pacific, canceled in the airport. The local flights were canceled. So a lot of people were there, waiting for another flight. And then we went there, and then we called her mom. Her mom was a former, worked before in immigration. Sabi niya, there are two obstacles for you. Because we're believing that somehow we could use the old passport. Sabi niya, two things. Number one, the airline. When you go to the counter, when they see your passport is expiring, they will not give you a boarding pass. If ever nakalusot ka doon, the second one is the immigration. So we said, okay, we'll take a chance. We'll believe God. So we prayed. We prayed, Lord, please blind these officers in Jesus' name. <laughs> so go to the counter of Cebu Pak. Show our passport. My fa- passport is okay. So, And then her passport, somehow, was overlooked. So they gave us boarding passes. So come immigration, which is more strict. So we were praying all every step of the way. <laughs> every step. But I was cleared. And then my wife, Jeng, there was praying. Said, uh, how long will you stay? Three days. Okay. Pass. But there was one more. Pagdating sa Macau. <laughs> right? When they go, get to Macau, the immigrations, if they see that, they can... So, we... Uh, flight was delayed, so we got there around close to 12 midnight. When we got there, we were praying. Every step of the way, we were praying. When we get to Macau, checked our passport, her passport, and said, enjoy your stay in Macau. Praise God. Come on, give the Lord praise. How many of you know, we discovered something about God. God is a God who sees ahead and if only we would listen right to something who even who would even think that we could do that that we could get a passport and yet we know na hindi nakuha yung new passport but somehow we were able to still get into Macau with all those circumstances let me tell you God is a God of the impossible and all of us and have our story and an encounter with God. But we need to have the same ordeal and testing like Abraham and Isaac. So let's go to the next part of the story. Verse 7. Okay, so it's only Abraham and Isaac now, right? So the servants stayed. They were on their journey. Or journeying, okay? And at this point in time, okay, Isaac said to his father Abraham, now, listen, everyone. This is the only dialogue that Isaac ever had in this whole story. That's how silent and how wala masyadong anything si Isaac. He was a very submissive and obedient son, but that's all. But I believe there's something here, okay? He said to his father, Here I am, my, uh, my father. And Abraham said, Here I am, my son. Behold the fire. Behold the wood. But where is the lamb? (laughs) Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, this was a good object lesson. It's a good, for all of you parents there who are, you know, educating your children, okay, about God. See, Isaac at this point, I believe, had no personal relationship with God, with Yahweh. He was only seeing things through the lens of his father. And Abraham was telling him that, okay, about worship. Worship involves offering. Of, uh, worship involves sacrifice. So we're going we're gonna to go to the mountain and we're going to worship God and we're going to have a, an animal sacrifice, an animal offering, okay? Because that's what worship was all about. Now, Isaac's faith is secondhand at this point. And maybe some of you are secondhand. You're here because your father or your family brought you or your friends brought you. 
It's okay if you start like that. Isaac started like that. But let me tell you, unless you have a genuine, real encounter with God, when situations like this, this is not like, okay, I'm going to run out of money. This is a situation. This is a life and death situation. His life is on the line. Right? Isaac's life is on the line. And unless you have a genuine encounter with God, you will waver and you'll probably get off. <laughs> so, I want you to see picture what was happening. Abraham, on their three-day journey, when God told him, si, si Abraham yung, paano ko gagawin to? It's probably hard in his heart. Even Soren Kierkegaard was detailing that story, the anguish, every step of Abraham, every step towards that mountain, those three days, those three lonely days were in his soul. Lord, how could I kill my son? How can I even do it? How can I? Lord, I hope you would change your mind or whatever. But when it came, when they came to the mountain already, the anguish of Abraham was transferred to Isaac. When he figured out, Lord, uh, where's the lamb? <laughs> where's the lamb? Okay. And then we see. We see that it is, it is true. It's not going to be a lamb. You're going to be the lamb. You see, what we need to understand is hidden behind every fo- problem that you face is a greater revelation of who God is. Hidden behind every problem that we face is a greater revelation of who God is. Those problems are opportunities to know God better, to know God more. And that's why, that's what we see with both Abraham and Isaac. They had a greater revelation of who this God is. If you look at verse 8, Abraham said, declared this. I believe this is the key thing in this ordeal. He said, God will provide for himself the lamb. Or the other translation, God will, will, God will himself provide for the lamb. Si Lord na magpro-provide. Si Lord Abraham at that point, he knew God as Elohim, the Almighty God, who can, you know, subdue the five kings, right? As the God who can protect him, as the God who can provide against the famine, right? Against God is the one who is all-powerful that he can make the womb come alive, even when your body is as good as dead. He knew him as Elohim. That nothing is so difficult with God. We find that in Genesis 18. We also find that he discovered that God as El Olam, the everlasting God, in Genesis chapter 19, when he had a son, he made a covenant with the everlasting God, the God outside of time, who controls time, he discovered that for God, age does not matter. You can be 100 years old, you can be 500 years old, but if I say so, I will do it. Sabi niya, by this time next year, you will have a son. Even if you laughed, even if you're cynical, even if you don't believe me, that will not stop me. I'm a God who controls the time. My timing is perfect. I've waited until you are older than old enough. When you think that you're passe, that's when I come in. That's when I come in. And here, he discovered something new about God. Not only is he all-powerful, not only is he an everlasting God, but he is a God who is provider. Now, that word provider, we always think of money and resources, but it really means, provideo means to see ahead. God is a God who sees ahead. God is a God who sees ahead of your situation, of your circumstance. 
God is the God who sees beyond okay, your present situation. He knows what you will go through 10 years from now. He knows the problems that you will face. And He goes ahead of you. And He prepares. Just like He prepared the ram. A God who sees ahead of your situation. Let me tell you, that's a God who provides. And that provision comes after when you step out in faith and you obey Him. Despite, right? Despite the test in your heart, despite the thing that you love the most. Listen, if you want God's best for your life, you must be willing to surrender and give up the thing that you love the most in worship. There's no other way. If you want the best that God has for you, you must be willing to surrender the thing that you love the most. That's what we learned from Abraham. You know, one pastor who was a very generous pastor, he kept giving away cars, very generous, very generous pastor. So he would give cars and it will come back sometimes to become two, three. So he gave several, 20 cars, 30 cars already. Sometimes he gave some houses already and came back. That's the nature of their, you know, very generous. But at one point in time, God told him, okay, I want you to, I want you to give everything that you have. Give away your cars, your three cars. Give away all your savings, time deposit. Don't leave anything in your bank account or investment. Sell your house. Of course, the hardest step there is the first one, to say yes. <laughs> but the moment you say yes, bam, there's a grace and there's a joy. So he gave everything and he was so joyful. Of course, it, there's agreement between the wife because the wife is also generous and they know, they live a, a blessed life. And so as they kept, as they did this, wow, I don't know how God, you know, maybe God in the past has blessed me with you know, I don't know how God will bless, will top this. Para may counting pride. Sabi really? You don't think I can bless you more than you gave me? And at that point, maybe five minutes later, someone called his house and said, um, Pastor, have you need, do you need any transportation? Yeah, transportation needs. Sabi niya, yeah, yeah, yes. Nobody knew about what they did. Okay. Uh, he pro- he was thinking and he said, "Okay, this this guy would probably give me a car. I gave a car, so okay lang." You know what he said? Well, God told me to give you a jet plane. How <laughs> I many you know that's an entirely new revelation about God, right? A jet plane that I will. Sabi ng guy. I will maintain, I will give you gas, uh, fuel, jet fuel, whatever travels, it's yours. You cannot outgive God. God is a God who answers exceedingly abundantly more than we ask or imagine. The God, a revelation, an encounter, but it takes a step of faith. Again, I'm not telling you to give whatever. We learn from Abraham. We learn from his life. And that's why in verse 9, okay, when they came to the place of which God told him, Abraham built the altar, laid the wood, and at this point, he bound Isaac. Okay? Laid him on top of the altar. Now, let me explain something. Most Bible scholars say Isaac was between 17 to 30 years old at this point. He's not like a baby. Because it says there, Isaac carried the wood. You know what an eight-year-old carried the wood? The wood for a burnt offering, right? So he was a full-grown man. At this point in time, if he's 17, Abraham would be 117 years old, right? No, 100 years old, at sabi ng Bible, Abraham's body was as good as dead. Right? How about 117? <laughs> he was a walking dead man. 
and Isaac was at the peak of his man manhood, whether a young man, a young adult, or a full-grown adult at 130. He could have easily overpowered his father, right? And say, what are you doing? No, I won't. But he let himself be bound, which speaks of his submission and trusting his father. Because Abraham, he saw Abraham, his father, obeyed his heavenly father. But Isaac submitted to his earthly father. That's a kind of son. That's why there are two lessons we learn here. One from the perspective of Abraham, the other from the perspective of Isaac. And so as we move on, Abraham reached out the hand, okay, took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel said, no, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham answered the angel, here I am. Do not lay your hand, for I know now, for now I know your heart. I know what's inside of you. I know that when I bless you, I know that when I give you this, you would not withhold anything from me. That's the question for you and I. Is there something you are withholding from God? Is there something that you cannot give up to God? Whether that's your career, whether that's your finances, maybe it's your house, it's your car, it's your dream, it's your relationship. Is there something you are not ready to surrender to God? Maybe you're ready to surrender everything else, but there's something you're hiding in your other hand. You know what God will ask you? Not this, but that. What you are unwilling to give up, that is your Isaac. And God is in the business of asking for the Isaacs in your life. And so, what do we see here? Abraham lifted his eyes and there was the provision. God provided the ram. But here's the drama. <laughs> here's the drama. God had to wait at the last moment. Right? God had to wait until he was about to kill. Right? I mean, if you look at all the pictures, Abraham, ready to go all the way. It's not as if... Uh, no, ready all the way until the angel stopped him. That's why angel said, Abraham, Abraham, to catch his attention. Have you ever wondered why, how God is always like that? Barang, Lord, why do you always wait for the last minute? Right? Why do you always have to wait until that time? You know, what if napatid si Abraham na accidente, right? Or, <laughs> why did God wait? Why couldn't God tell him, okay, now I know when they were still on the way up, Okay, Abraham, I know your heart, so just go down with your servants and blah, blah, right? Or maybe in Israel, remember, why did God have to wait for Israel to face the Red Sea in front and the Egyptians at the back, right? Before God would show up and say, you know, I'm going to destroy your enemies. Why couldn't God just kill the Egyptians right there when they were in Egypt and they were just walking, right? Why? You can read the scriptures and say, God led you there to test what's in your heart. To humble you. To show what's in your heart. Let me tell you, God isn't late. <laughs> but we think that, Lord, will you really pull through? <laughs> I believe that's a powerful lesson for all of us. This is a trust issue. You can trust God with the things you love the most because He is a God who sees ahead, who provides, a provider, provideo, to see ahead. Let me tell you, some of you, you feel like, Lord, you know, how can I overcome this? I've given all to you. Let me tell you, God sees ahead of your situation. God is seeing ahead even of your financial crisis. There's one of you here, you're in the middle of 
you know, you, something was stolen from your company, something was stolen from you, and let me tell you, and you've been, you've been, you know, because of there's a debt, God is saying, I have seen ahead. You can come to me, and I will turn it right side up. Trust me in this. Surrender your money to me, and I will give it back a hundredfold. Some of you, is, the issue is about a relationship. You're about to enter into an immoral relationship. God's telling you no. God sees ahead. And you're on the way to spiral down if you enter in. God is a God who sees ahead. Whatever circumstance you're going through, you can trust Him. This is a trust issue. Now question, who offered the greater sacrifice? Abraham or Isaac? Who says it's Abraham? Who says it's Isaac? Who says it's the ram? <laughs> I'm reminded of the joke about the chicken and the pig. Remember that? The chicken and the pig. You know that story? They were, they were in the farm. The chicken and the pig were talking because it was the silver wedding anniversary of the farmer and the wife. And the chicken was telling the pig, uh, silver wedding anniversary nung dalawa. I want to serve them good breakfast. Why don't we serve them bacon and eggs? Sabi ng baboy sa kanya, madali lang sa yun. Because for you, you just need to give a, contribute one egg. For me, it will take total sacrifice. Bacon. <laughs> diba parang, tingin natin si Abraham yung chicken, si Isaac yung pig. Kasi sa kanya, eh ikaw, bibigyan mo lang yung anak. Pero ako, ako yung mamamatay. <laughs> I believe both have equal sacrifice. Their sacrifices were equal. And because of that, there are things that Abraham learned and the things that Isaac learned. Because, let, let me tell you, both of them learned this about God. Both of them learned this about God. The God who tests in His sovereignty is the same God who resolved the test in graciousness. The God who tests you, the God who tested Abraham and says, give up your son, is the same God who graciously, who graciously provided the solution to that test by giving a ram. Let me tell you, if you're undergoing, if you think you're undergoing a test right now, the God who provides will Himself provide the lamb in your case. He Himself will provide the way out for you if you surrender to Him. If your heart is on Him alone. That's what we learn. Both of them learn this. But there are other things that's unique to Abraham. You know what Abraham learned? He learned this. He learned that God provides whatever is needed to fulfill His promise. God is a God who provides everything is needed to fulfill His promise because He is an unchanging God with unchanging ways, with unchanging plans. Alam ni Abraham, Lord, this is your eternal decree. This is your promise and you will fulfill this promise whether my son is killed or not. You will somehow make a way. That's for some of you. If you think your Isaac is dead already and you don't know what to do, it's the same God who made a promise. Same God who will resurrect some of those dreams, some of those things, if you are given your heart to Him. But Isaac learned another lesson, a different lesson. And here's a lesson. Remember, this is the very first personal encounter of Isaac with God. This is the first, it was a second-hand relationship, but this one, he saw firsthand that God is a provider because it was life and death for him, right? And God somehow intervened and he was spared. And he, the first encounter with him is God is a God who sees ahead. And I believe that will be very critical in the next two weeks as we will unfold this. The very first encounter 
And that is critical for us. That He is a God that you can submit. You can trust your life to Him. Because He entrusted His life to God, the God of His Father. And it was given back to Him and said, Wow, I can trust this God. He is now my God because I have encountered Him. Listen, let us the music group to come up. Even through life's most challenging moments, He will guide you every step of the way. That's what provideo means. The providence of God. Your every step is guided by God when your heart is for Him and for Him alone. Let me share the story and then I'll wrap up. You know, um, we had our, we were, our car was breaking down. So we were looking, we were looking to purchase a, a, you know, a car. So we're looking around. You went through faith goals, you know, involved the entire family. We always involved them. Prayed, went to the different cars, the onion car shows, what do what, what, what you call that? Young showrooms. So look, prayed, you know, uh, ask. We had enough for to down, have a down payment. But somehow, my wife and I could never agree na, okay, let's just do it. So, one December, God just told us, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that money, your down payment, buy a second-hand car, and give it to a pastor who does not have a car. And for us, I told my wife, I said, okay, let's go. So we blessed them one Christmas, the pastor, and so he was so happy. We were so, we were so happy. We're actually more happy than the, no. I mean, really, there's something in our hearts that really, so, okay, it was good. It was the following year that was a little harder. Okay, so we told everyone, okay, you know, we'll still believe in God for a car. God will give us a car. Next year, we will have our car. Okay, so the months went by, there was nothing. So we were praying, we were still believing. But come December, first week of December, my daughter, Mangled Worship, got to me and said, uh, Dad, it's already December. Where's our car? And I distinctly remember telling her this. You know, the Lord will provide. The Lord will give us a car. The Lord will provide. In the back of my mind, I don't know how. Lord, you pull through, but there's nothing I can do. There's nothing, but I trust you. There's a little, the little doubt, but most of it was I trusted God. And lo and behold, the week after, you know, someone asked to ask to go and we thought this counseling to pray. But after that coffee, they gave us, handed us the keys to a brand new car. Come on, give the Lord praise. I mean, we did not tell anyone that we gave a car. We, we not, did not tell anyone we're looking for a car. We did not tell the church, our friends. So, we did not say, oh, okay, uh, church, can you help pray with us? No, nothing. So we know it's from God, out of nowhere, right? Because He's a God who sees ahead. That's the kind of God we serve. And we want you to encounter that kind of God. Provideo. That's why today, you know, Isaac was a typology, a type of Jesus. Jesus and Isaac were the only begotten son. They both submitted to their father. Both of them carried their wood that would supposed to carry their debt, cost their debt, right? On the same mountain, Moriah, separated thousands of years. But one blade was withheld by the earthly father. Another blade was allowed by the heavenly father to pierce his side, cause him death. One was substituted with a ram that brought him, saved his life. The other became a lamb that brought salvation by becoming a substitute for all of us. Listen. I believe for all of us, this is the application. 
Maybe God is asking some of you to surrender your eyesight. Maybe your job. Maybe your children. Your child-centered. Everything is about your children. Maybe it's about your future and your dreams or money. Whatever is competing with God, that is your Isaac. As I've said earlier, he's still in the business of asking Isaac from your life. There's an altar here. You can surrender. You can surrender your spouse. And I will... No, no, no. (laughs) Whatever that is, he's still in the same business. But for some of you, it's an Isaac moment. Because for Isaac, it's about surrendering his life, giving up his life, taking up the wood, the cross, in order to follow him, in order to follow Jesus Christ. It's the first encounter with God. And you can encounter God through Jesus Christ. Let's bow down our heads. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that Isaac and Abraham were examples for us to follow. And if you are here and there's still Isaacs in your life, things that you, it's so hard to give up and say, Lord, I'll surrender everything but this. If there's things like that, let me tell you, God, God asks that not because He wants to take away He's, uh, you know, an evil thing. Uh, he wants to give you something better without any trouble. Blessings without troubles. That's what He wants to give you. But we'll only experience that through surrender, sacrifice, worship, surrendering the things you love the most. And so this morning, as everyone, everyone's head is bowed, everyone's eyes are closed, this is a moment. I want you to picture that altar right in front in your mind. If there's something that you need and surrender to God, I want you to just lift your hand. Whatever that is, just raise your hand if there's something you need to surrender. Just lift your hand. Okay, several of you. Again, this is between you and God. I don't know what that is, but you know. And you just need to surrender your Isaac to God and say, Lord, I lay this Isaac, this job, this whatever relationship, surrender it to Him. Give it to Him in worship. And Lord, I pray that you give Him the praise, give Him the grace rather to whatever that is. If it's a relationship that's not from you, give them the way out. Give them the grace. That if it's something that's competing with you, Lord, I pray in surrender that you would give them something much better. That you would give back even sevenfold of what we give up to you. Lord, bless your people and surrender. Let them discover who you are as a provider, as a God who sees ahead. Someone who guides sovereignly, providentially guiding us every decision and every step in Jesus' name. You can put your hands down. Listen. I believe some of you here, you're, it's an Isaac moment. You have not encountered God. You heard it from your friends. Maybe you're attending small group or here. You've heard it from us. But you personally have not encountered Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You have not encountered God through Christ. That's the only way you encounter God through Jesus Christ, by surrendering. By surrendering your life and say, I am that living sacrifice, that offering. If you want to follow Him, Jesus says, deny yourself, take up His cross, and you can follow Him. You can make that decision today by standing up on your feet and say, Pastor, I want to encounter, I want to know the God, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. I want to encounter Him through Jesus Christ. Just stand up on your feet. Come on, don't be shy. It's okay. It's between you and God. I believe this is an opportunity for you to encounter God in a fresh, in a new way. Everyone here, anyone here, just stand up and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Okay. For the last time, I won't give too much time, but let me, t- let me tell you, if, if you are in your seat and you need to make that decision to encounter God, just repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to know you. 
want to encounter you. And I know you've sent your son Jesus to die on me, to die for me on the cross as a substitute. To forgive me of my sins and to set me free. I believe that he was raised from the dead, that you raised him from the dead so that I can experience eternal life starting today. I surrender my life to follow you as Lord and Savior, Master and Forgiver in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, bless those fathers. Let them have a divine encounter with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we all stand up as we dismiss? Let me tell you, whatever it is that God asks you to surrender, as you walk in faith, worship. I believe this will be the greatest starting of the greatest days of an encounter with Him. Lord, I pray that you'd bless your people as we go out from this place. Let your blessing, your graciousness, let your sovereignty, Lord God, Father, continue to lead us, Lord. And I pray wherever we go, let us be those examples of faith like Abraham and Isaac, Lord. I bless your people as we depart from this place in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.